Hi, welcome to the Dry Eye Coach Podcast. My name is Dr. Walt Whitley. Today we're talking about Isuvis, a new FDA-approved corticosteroid that is indicated for the short-term treatment up to two weeks of the signs and symptoms of dry eye disease. Patients often have periods of exacerbation called dry eye flares, where their dry eye symptoms can be triggered by digital screen time, seasonal allergies, contact lens wear, and AC use. In fact, 75% to 90% of all dry eye patients have dry eye flares, with an average of more than five episodes per year. Today, we have the great pleasure of chatting with Dr. Adam Ramsey of Socialite Vision in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, about his early experience with Isuvis in his practice. Welcome, Adam. Uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So, Adam, can you tell us a little bit about your practice before we get into some of these questions here? so our listeners know uh, a, a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure, sure. Now, anybody is welcome. You guys are welcome to come on and do a tour for yourself. But uh, I own Socialite Vision in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Think of Palm Beach Gardens like an hour north of Fort Lauderdale. That's where we, that's where we are. Um, I'm in a boutique practice. It's a mixed-use complex, so we have commercial on the first floor, and then there's a residential above us. So it's our own little ecosystem uh, over there. Um, I look at it as more a boutique practice, um, more of a high-end medical uh, practice, so we have some high-end frames, um, and definitely do love treating uh, patients with dry eye, uh, diabetes, um, and uh, contacts, and glaucoma. So we, we do the medical, and we're trying, we, we combine the medical with the, the vision and the cool, funky eyewear, um, and that's, that's my practice over here in Palm Beach Garden, Socialized Vision. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. So you mentioned dry eye and the medical management. What percentage of your patients overall do, would you say have dry eye disease? Now, I would say close to maybe 30% of the patients uh, are dry eye patients. Um, not all of them necessarily want to admit that or want to deal with that part of it, but close to over 30% of the patients, I would say, um, are currently under treatment for some form of dry eye disease. Mm-hmm. Is there a way that you find, uh, identify these patients? Do you use surveys? Or are you consistently asking questions? So in my office, we do the speed, uh, speed test and, uh, for everybody. So the speed survey is, is done on every patient for their annual exams. And that definitely does help uh, bring out those questions because um, a lot of times if the patient doesn't realize it themselves or they are not voicing those complaints, it's a little harder to uh, get them to buy in on the treatment side of uh, dry eye disease. So we use a speed questionnaire. We also have the uh, uh, Oculus Keratograph, and we do um, we do the testing with that as well, myography and everything, in, in addition to try and show them, because I think you really have to show dry eye patients their dry eye disease. It has to become real to them. Um, sometimes we don't realize that they can't really see their eyes very well. You know, so um, being able to show them what it is and give a numerical value to their dry eye disease is really important. So um, I think if we can show them their dry eye disease, they believe they buy in, and then when you give them a treatment at the end, uh, they're more apt to actually follow through and go to the pharmacy and do the things uh, that they need to do for their eyes. Yeah, definitely. And so education is key, what their condition is, what these tests are, what does it show, and what are we going to do about it? And as we get into talking about dry eye flares, I mean, that's something that many patients, they've experienced it, but they don't know necessarily what to call it. So 
So my first question for you, I, actually I kind of cheated. I added a couple extra questions. Uh, but <laughs> we have both been using iSubis for a bit now. So I wanted to get your thoughts on your experience so far with this new FDA-approved treatment. How, have your, oh, how, how has using iSubis in your practice been, and what are you hearing from patients? Okay, well, great question. For one, I love the tagline of dry eye flares. I think that really sums it up really well for patients to understand what we're doing with this particular medication. Because there's so many patients that say, my eyes are dry once in a while. They're not dry every day. It's when I use the computer for an extended period, it's dry. For the rest of the day, my eyes feel fine. Um, when I go to the mall and I am in an airy place, my eyes feel dry. But the rest of the time, I feel fine. And to get a patient to buy in on something chronic or something to do every day when they don't feel it's an everyday problem, sometimes it's hard, and then we can't get those treatments to match up with the patient complaints. So um, the dry eye flares, and the second I say that with them, they're like, yes, that is what I have. Once in a while, my eyes feel dry, and I need something that's going to work. And over-the-counter tears, they are not working for me. I put it in, and two minutes later, my eyes still feel dry. So um, this has been a great resource for my practice. Um, I found a way to really work it into my treatment regimen. I am not replacing anything that I've done in the past. I'm more adding it in or using it before or an adjunct to current treatments. Some treatments take a while to actually see an effect. And that's not what patients want to hear when, one, they spend money or they're doing something. They want, people want, we're in the world of Amazon and next day shipping. So they want more of an immediate and quicker response. So what uh, Isuvis has done for me is give me a chance to let other treatments work while I use this one in the beginning uh, to give me an immediate relief and let other things work in the back end or giving them the, the subsequent relief that they need periodically as a first-line treatment. So it's fine. I found multiple ways to fit this into my practice. Yeah, and I've been using it the same as induction therapy, uh, steroids. I mean, it's great that we, ha we finally have an FDA-approved uh, treatment for the signs and symptoms of dry eye, but then also the dry eye flares that you mentioned, because we all have our patients that are on chronic therapy, whether it's lofitograss, whether it's cyclosporin. Yes, they may be controlled the majority of times throughout the year, but there are going to be those dry flares that they do experience. So is there a patient type or a patient example that comes to mind uh, when you think of uh, success with ISUVIS? Um, right now I'm having really good success with the people that are gamers or now they're doing a lot more Zooms. So, you know, their normal thing was not to be on the computer all the time and now they're being forced to be on the computer more regularly. Uh, those people that, you know, have to sit at the computer once in a while and it's for an extended period, they have uh, really uh, been one of the people that have bought in a lot quicker, uh, especially people that haven't tried other treatments before. So they, this, is their, uh, this is me introducing dry eye to them, and it's, they're telling me that they're having flares once in a while. This has been a really good uh, treatment modality that I've used um, for patients that have periodic uh, spouts of dryness that they're experiencing. But at other times of the day, they say, no, my eyes feel fine. It's just when I do this, that, and the other, which is not every day or is not a chronic thing to them. Yeah. So as we know, patients may not always uh, know that they are experiencing a dry eye flare. 
So what are some of the specific questions you asked to uncover patients experiencing dry flares? I mean, you started to, to mention a few pearls, but uh, any other specific questions that you asked? I mean, the first thing I, I'm really doing with the patient is finding out, okay, I ask them what is their current treatment regimen. Even though I know what I prescribed last time, I always start off with, tell me what you're doing. Because I could repeat it back to them, and they'll just shake their head, and they may not be doing that. So I first start off with, you know, tell me your treatment regimen. What are you doing with your eyes every day? And they go through their stuff. Then I say, hey, when you're doing that, are there times in which you feel like your eyes still burn, sting, itch, water excessively, feel like sand is in there, gritty, even though you are doing all these things? And the second they say, well, yeah, once in a while, and then when they say once in a while, I dig a little deeper, and I say, is it once a day, once a week, once a month? What, what do you mean by once in a while? Because, you know, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm understanding clearly what you're expressing to me. And when they tell me, well, you know, I do all these things and my eyes feel fine most of the time, but once a week when I go to my mother-in-law's house or whatever, my eyes bother me. And it may be some triggers that she's having when she goes to that place, maybe allergies. She may have a lot of plants or pets at that house that's not normally, uh, you know, your house doesn't have a lot of plants and doesn't have a lot of pets. But you go there regularly, um, and that's when you have those triggers. Um, is the air condition in the building circulating and drying your eyes out where you work? But normally you wouldn't have that. It's the AC that's bothering you. Or you're a person that wears, uh, doesn't have to wear the mask all the time. So when you do have to wear the mask, since you're not at Zoom, you're not doing a Zoom presentation, you're, you're out and about. And when you wear the mask, your eyes bother you. But without the mask, you feel like you have no issues um, with dryness or increased screen time and stuff like that. So I try to find those different um, triggers that the patient may have so that it's not something that happens every day. And I think that's where uh, I see this really fits in is for people that are up and down and they can really have more of a targeted approach to their dryness if we can put a name or attach something to it to figure out what the root cause of it, um, then we can really get to the information on their eye. Yeah. So going along with the edu uh, asking the questions, the education, are there any additional resources that you recommend? You know, there's various patient websites or, you know, do you have leave-behinds or take-homes with them uh, to help remind them if they're experiencing a dry flare to, to contact you? So I do have pamphlets that I give out, but I also, me and my patients do well with text and email. Um, and for the patients, I just send them to myisuvis.com and that's going to give them the, the patient resources that they need um, to get the information about the product, you know, um, and have any background information on the product they may want to know. Because some people want to do their own due diligence about products, um, and the myisuvis.com is where I send them. Um, but for providers and other doctors that's listening to this, I would say just the isuvis.com uh, slash uh, patient resources or, or slash resources, excuse me, um, would be where I would go to get the, the uh, studies that have been done on the product um, and any contraindications and stuff like that that may be out there about the product. Uh, the isuvis.com resources page uh, would be the best place for a provider, though. You know, I, I, I mentioned earlier, finally, we have an FDA-approved treatment for steroids for the, for the dry eye flares for up to two weeks. And we know we've been using off-label steroids for, for many years. So what is the differentiator with Isuvis? Why would you choose this 
over some of the other uh, steroids that are on the market? Is it the, off, the on labeling or is it something about the technology? Um, what are your thoughts? Okay. All right. Um, I definitely like the on label. You know what I mean? I, I have a lot more confidence in prescribing something when it's on label, it's been studied. Um, and it's not something that I'm doing anecdotally. We know it works, but there hasn't been studies to, to prove that it works. Um, this study has had the most, uh, has had the most patient uh, study for dry eye of any therapy on the market currently. So um, that gives me a lot of confidence to prescribe it and know that my patients are going to be safe and I don't have to worry about IOT increases and cataract formation and other things that you can get with other uh, steroids. Um, I have a lot more confidence with this. And then I would say we, we can't um, sell it short to amplify uh, proprietary technology that's actually getting it to penetrate uh, the cornea and the ocular tissue and conjunctiva and not allowing that steroid to go to too many other parts of the eye where you will get those other effects that we're not really looking for. So um, I think the on-label is a big, big deal, and the vehicle in which it's delivering the steroid uh, is what separates this product from other ones that are on the market. Yeah, I definitely agree because if you look at some of the, the clinical studies and the, the ability for it to penetrate into the target tissues, uh, I mean, is, is definitely within the cornea, uh, is definitely a differentiator with the Amplify technology. And we know that drug delivery is such a huge topic right now because we need to have these uh, medications that are able to get into those tissues to address both those signs and symptoms. So how do you feel about empowering patients to give them an opportunity to manage these dry flares to restore balance to the ocular surface, especially when we talk about uh, cosmesis, such as conjunctival hyperemia, and quality of life benefits? Okay, so this one, is, this one goes to me to one of the best things about this medication. Patients a lot of times come to us saying, my eyes are red. Our response to them is, your eyes are dry. But they look and say, I didn't say my eyes are dry. I just said my eyes seem red. I feel like my eyes look tired all the time, and I need a solution. And we want to treat the dry eye, which is the root cause. But if we don't treat the purpose that they came to us for, which is the redness, in a timely fashion, sometimes they won't allow the other treatment modalities to work. And some of them take a while to kick in, and we have to get and answer the patient's complaint. And that's the one thing I really try to do at my office is that if they came in for this, I want to give them the answer for this. Even though we know dry eye is the root cause, if we don't treat the inflammation that's causing their eyes to be dry, they are not going to be happy. And that inflammation is what is causing their eyes to be red. And if we don't, uh, if we don't address it appropriately, the patient is still going to do some redness relief therapies because that's what they do not like. They don't like when they go to work and their eyes look red. Their coworkers ask them if they're on any drugs or they're tired or you had a long night last night, and they're like, no, I didn't have a long night. My eyes are just red. So um, if we don't, they're going to use some sort of vasoconstrictor or some sort of medication uh, that gets the red out. And I would rather treat the inflammation that's causing the redness then allow them just to treat the, the cosmetic reason behind it. And if we can allow the science and the medication to meet the patient with their uh, complaint, then we have a chance for other therapies to work 
and you have a chance to uh, have the eye be nice and quiet and, and happy. And a happy, quiet eye is a, a, a more at peace eye. But I really feel like we need to address um, we need to address the issues that the patient is coming to us for, and that issue a lot of times is my eyes are red, and this medication can do that. And it's on label as we just talked about because that was one of right. the primary endpoints. I mean, right now well, we have four FDA-approved dry therapies, but when we're looking at the endpoints on the signs, it's either going to be the Shermer score or it's going to be inferior corneal staining where the signs, but this is something that – Redness or hyperemia does matter to patients. And so I definitely agree with you. The quality of life, uh, whether it's due to the, co the cosmesis, whether it's due to just dry eye itself and the impact the symptoms have, and we've all know, familiar with the studies. One that comes to mind is from Kelly Nichols looking at decrease in work productivity uh, due to dry eye disease and dry eye syndrome and uh, not being able to fully function as well. So my next question for you is, in addition to using this as first-line prescription therapy for patients on artificial tears only, what are some of the other patient types of, for whom you're seeing treatment benefits with ISUVIS? You did mention the chronic therapy. Is there any other patient, maybe a cataract refractive surgery? Maybe you could speak to some of the, uh, the many contact lens patients that you see. So my favorite so far that has given me the, uh, the best smile for me and for the patient is that 80-year-old patient that we've tried everything, and they just have no glands. And their ocular tissue, there's nothing there. And we're trying everything, and we're, we're throwing everything at them. And nothing works. And nothing is giving them the relief they actually need besides this, besides getting right to the steroid, getting right to the treatment to get them, get them the relief they have. And this patient that I'm thinking of right now, she's one of those that, Dryness and dry eye is her problem, but she does not want that to be what I tell her when she comes in. And she's getting it sporadically, and that's where she was really having issues in which she would be fine and then it would be, it would be dry, and she freaks out and she wants to come in right away. And then by the time she comes in two, three days later, she's fine, and she's sitting in the chair saying, well, my eyes feel fine today, but when I called two days ago, they were bothering me. So she's sitting there like, I want to be able to show you or come in when it's happening. And she, you know, struggles to, to do that. And she is categorically the perfect patient for this. So I put her on the, I gave her the sample. I put her on it and I said, give me a call in a couple of days and tell me what you think. Do you want to strip for this? Do you want to uh, keep going with it? And she called me back a week later over the moon, overjoyed and saying, yes, this works. This is what I needed. It, it's not all the time. She's like, my eyes just bother me once in a while, and the artificial tears and all the preservative freeze and all the lipid base and the, 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 all the different oil-based stuff was not giving her the relief long enough, and this, and this, worked, this worked for her. So I was uh, really, really happy to give her that relief that she's having where once in a while we can actually give her the symptomatic relief uh, from the inflammation in, in, in her eyes, and she was just really happy. Now, of course, you know, uh, other, other patients with contacts and all the other stuff, uh, which would probably be the bread and butter of it, works really well. But uh, this 80-year-old patient just really, uh, uh, really hit home for me and, and gave me some confidence more to prescribe a little bit more. And I was like, well, if it can work for her, it can work for a lot more. 
And we're finding that it definitely does work. You know, for me, the patient that comes to mind are those patients that have cataracts that are visually significant, that, you know, they, they need to get the procedure done, and we want a, a therapy that a short term that we can get in, get out, prepare that surface before I refer it to the cataract surgeon. And so uh, that's, a, that's the type of patient that comes to mind in addition to our chronic therapy patients that, you know, for, for me, I'll, um, you know, for our chronic patients that we've been seeing for a while, and I'm sure you do this as well, we know that anytime we prescribe a steroid, we always check the pressure, we always look at the nerves and, and the nerve function. But, you know, we, we know what their pressures are normally. We know if they have a healthy nerve, but because of that FDA safety profile with Isuvis, well, 0.2% of patients had greater than 10 millimeters of mercury increase over 21. I mean, that's, that's such a small amount. It just shows how safe this is. And so I confidently prescribe it for the patient and say, if you have this flare, just use it for a week or two, you know, twice a day. Um, um, and then, you know, if it's not getting better within a couple of days, call me and I'll get you right in. And so that's typically where I've been using uh, this. And uh, you've shared so many great insights uh, in regards to dry flares and how you use Isuvis within your practice. Do you have any final thoughts for our audience or any pearls that you want to give about prescribing Isuvis or, or where you see this fits in? Definitely. Well, um, what I would say is for all the practitioners that are listening, give Isuvis a chance. Um, a lot of times when patients come in, and they hear chronic, and they hear I have to be on it forever, they are not willing to do anything because they don't want to start anything. I don't like taking medication. I don't like doing this. I don't like doing that. And what happens is their eyes get worse. And if we can give them something that's given them some symptomatic relief today that is actually treating one of the root causes, which is inflammation, then we may be able to win them over to do other treatments in the future. But when you tell them that this patient, this, this medication, you need to take it twice a day forever, a lot of times they shut down uh, mentally, physically, everything, and they are not listening to a word that you say after that. And you go and prescribe that medication, and you check back at the pharmacy, you see in the next year, and they never pick that up from the pharmacy. So for the patients that are out there, there are so many patient types that we went over today in which it can be chronic, it can be acute, it can be adjunct to something else, it could be a first-line medication. There's a lot of ways in which this medication can fit into our treatment modalities for patients. Now, every practitioner has to find their comfort level and, what, and how they fit it into their treatment modality because it can be used a lot of different ways. It's one of those great things you want to keep in your back pocket, and it can, be, it can fit in and it can be used different ways uh, for different types of patients. But I would say give it a chance. And uh, giving it a chance, I think, is giving patients the opportunity to get better quality of life. And I think quality of life um, and getting right to the symptoms that the patients are experiencing is at the end of the day the most important thing um, is patient smiles. Um, and I think this medication does that. And I'm excited to have it as one of my uh, treatment regimens. Um, and it has done wonders in my practice. And I hope other people give it a chance as well. Hey, well, thank you so much there, Dr. Ramsey. I agree with you 110%. Appreciate you joining us uh, for this episode. And I also want to thank you all for listening to this episode of Dry Coach Podcast.